Good morning. Today is Monday, June the 8th, 2020. Welcome to the One America podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Nelson. Thank you for tuning in on this beautiful June morning here in the Piedmont and the Commonwealth of Virginia. And uh, it's lovely. I've gone out. I've already had my coffee on cup number two, have watered the flowers, done my Peloton bike. It's a good start to what I hope is a good week for America. I want to talk this morning. Mondays are reserved for what I call Motivation Mondays. And we didn't do Wednesday Wisdom or Saturday Thoughts last week because I really wanted last week's episode about color consciousness versus color blindness to play all weekend. It was played a lot all over the world. Thank you to those of you who follow us, who continue to share, post, comment. Uh, Our most popular platform is still on uh, iTunes and Apple, which is to be expected since all of us have iPhones, etc. But we're also picking up steam on Spotify and um, any of the other platforms that you can listen to podcasts on. Uh, We've updated, of course, and changed our name uh, from the title of my last book, E Pluribus One, which means it's from our motto, E Pluribus Unum, out of many one, to One America podcast, because that's certainly where we need to be. And I've talked about it many times since the very first podcast I did. We're in season three, back in season one, if you listen to it, it was titled Let Us Begin. And... Uh, I want all of us to be clear that oneness does not mean sameness and oneness does not mean we always agree uh, because we don't. And that's what I love about this country. I love that we're diverse in our opinions, our thoughts, our beliefs and everything that uh, we hold dear in America is about our diversity. It's about our diversity of thought, our diversity of personhood, our diversity of background, our diversity of region, our diversity of faith. And it's what makes us the envy of the world. This morning, I want to talk about the topic. The kids are going to save us. The kids are going to save us. And they are. If you've been watching what I've been watching, 99.9% of all the marches around the United States and indeed around the world have been peaceful. And uh, here in Loudoun County, Virginia, two things happened that really touched my heart. And I'm going to hope that sharing this morning touches your heart. Uh, On last Thursday, the kids here at Riverside High School in Loudoun County in Leesburg, which is literally, uh, you know, in walking distance from my home, uh, organized a protest. They got the permit. They reached out to the police, to the county officials, to the HOA officials. They did it the right way. They had on their Black Lives Matter T-shirts. They had on their masks. Moms and dads were walking with them. But the unique thing about it is the community I live in here in Loudoun County, Virginia, is about 99% white, and uh, particularly in my development. And uh, the kids in the high school, it uh, you know, there's diversity of other racial ethnic groups, but it's not an area where there's a lot of diversity with African-Americans. And uh, it is majority white community, and it's an upper middle class community. And to see these kids chanting, Black Lives Matter, and to see these kids chanting, I can't breathe, and to do it in such an organized way, and they're holding hands, and we lost uh, a wonderful young man uh, this past weekend, uh, good friend's son, 16 years old, um, parent drowning, Pastor Michelle Thomas, who's the head of the NAACP here, uh, she's been on this podcast, you can listen to our episode She was on during our Pastors and Politician Week 
that I had during Easter week uh, leading up to Holy Week. I had a series of pastors and um, political figures on to talk about the intersection of politics and faith. Listen to her podcast. Well, it goes to show you how life changes on a dime. And and back when Michelle was on a few months ago, uh, things were good in her world. Three healthy kids. Uh, she's doing her work. She's a new elected official here in Loudoun County, Virginia, as well as the work she does on the school board and for the NAACP. And now she's lost her baby boy. And the communities came together last night for a candlelight vigil that was just amazing. And we all cried a lot. But what touched my heart and what let me know is that this country is going to be just fine. We're going to be okay is what I saw here in Loudoun County, Virginia last night over at River Creek, which is one of our country clubs and another well-to-do, mostly white community. The community came out in ways that I never could have imagined. There was a thousand people on the greens there. And I'm going to do a post on Facebook shortly. I'm having some difficulty getting all the video uploaded, but it will be up and I will share. But to see who turned out, to see the love, to see the unity, to see the tears. At the end of the day, we're just people. And these kids did this. To look at the boys that walked up and talked about their buddy Fitz. To look at the boys who walked up and talked about Fitz being their brother. They were all white kids. He was black. And one young man that choked us all up talked about how he's going to tell his future wife about Fitz someday. He's a 16-year-old kid. He's going to tell his kids and his grandkids about Fitz someday because Fitz was such a light. Fitz was a believer in the Lord. Fitz was happy all the time. They talked about Fitz was always dancing and he just was a happy, energetic young man. And God saw fit to take him home. And it's one of those things that's surreal to us. And I think of the words of our, our chairwoman here, Phyllis Randa, who's also been a guest on this podcast. And she called us to do better. And she talked about how in moments of grief and moments of mourning and moments of tragedy and strife in our lives, which America is right in the middle of from COVID-19 to the crisis with race in America, to the crisis with policing in America. And by the way, this girl here is not a fan of defunding the police. That's ridiculous. Of course, you don't want to defund the police. You want to reform the police. You don't want to defund them. We need our policemen and women. They're, they're good public servants. They're, for the majority of them, good people. Moms and dads live in the community, have kids like you, have families like you, uh, want a happy life just like you and me. So no, I think we have to be careful not to cross lines here. We need reform, but I'll save that for another day. And I'm going to have some guests on who are both law enforcement officers and politicians. I'm going to dedicate a week uh, sometime uh, this summer to this topic once things simmer down. But back to the point, the kids are going to save us. I am optimistic about this. I am hopeful about this. I am energized by this. I am just moved by what I've seen young people all over the world do. Look, I have nieces. I've said this many times, you know, they're the apple of my eye. I didn't have kids of my own and God knows I wanted a house full, uh, but I got Alex and Michaela instead. And they are the light of my life. Uh, they're young women now, one's 22, one's 17. And Michaela just graduated, as you know, I've talked about it. And I remember them running around jumping in my bed, trying to ride on the dog's back, you know, trips down to Williamsburg, to Bush Gardens, to King's Dominion, to the house we have down in Charleston, South Carolina at the beach. And just them being the delight of everything that matters. And they're biracial. 
So they have a white mom and a black dad, my brother. And it's been hard. It's hard on families because this issue of race is one that permeates everything we do. It's not just in the workplace. It's not just bad policing. It's not just in these incidences that we see as a nation. It's in our hearts. It's in how we're socialized. It's in how we're historized, if I can use that as a word. Um, And I've seen a lot of things that have broken my heart. If you follow my personal Facebook page, sometimes I do public posts, sometimes I don't, but I talked about this. I, I saw people who I worship with, people who I know, posting really nasty things about George Floyd uh, because apparently he's had some criminal activity in his past. Apparently he wasn't a Boy Scout. Apparently he wasn't the poster child that Sophia Nelson thinks she is or that you think you are uh, just because we don't have crime in our background. But maybe we've done shady stuff in our lives. Maybe we cheated in our marriages. Maybe we've smoked a little here or there or, 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 or used illicit drugs when we were young. Whatever it is that you did that was in your past, do you want to be judged by your past? And more importantly, does that justify someone killing you? No, of course not. And we are in this place right now where about 40% of this country is stuck. And it is stuck, as Michelle Obama said in her amazing commencement address to the graduates. You can look it up on her Twitter feed, on her Instagram, on her YouTube powerful words. She talked about the stress of living a life where you're negative all the time, where you're attacking, where you're a victim, where you're always looking for a way to justify what's wrong. That's a hard way to live. I agree. That's not the way I live. It's not the way I want to live. And I don't want to be around people that live that way. So let me just say to you that the young people are going to save us because you can see it in their deeds. You can see it in their hearts. These little white kids around here, they don't have to do this. They don't have a lot of black friends. They, don't, they have few, but they, they live in privilege and comfort. They don't, but they get it. They get that it is morally reprehensible, that it is socially unacceptable for someone to die because they are black or brown, for someone not to be given equal treatment under the law, for someone not to be able to live out that that vision that Thomas Jefferson had of all men being created equal, being endowed by their creator God with an alienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know I love Thomas Jefferson and I talk about him. I don't like that he owned slaves. I don't like that he had a relationship with his concubine. I don't like how he lived as a human being. It was in conflict to the ideals he held about America and our story. And it's the same for George Washington and James Madison, the father of the Constitution. And I can go on and on and on from Monroe all the way down to Grant, who was one of my favorites, who uh, inherited slaves from his father-in-law when he married a girl who came from a Southern slave family. And um, the first 11 out of what, 13 of our presidents had slaves. Think about that. So folks, this is ingrained in who we are. So you can't go back to 1619 and come fast forward and think that in 400 years, we're going to, of all this mess and all this discrimination and inequality and lynchings and the ugliness of who America has been under the surface, we're not going to fix that in 50 years in my lifetime. Yes, we've had a black president, but that doesn't mean we fix things. And that's so important. So I just wanted to stop by this morning and encourage you that to those of you raising teens right now and this new generation of young adults, take your hat off. You've done a great job. White parents, 
you've done something right. I was saying it to some of my peers here uh, last night when I saw these kids and what they were saying, and it just was so touching. These are good kids. These are good people. They're going to grow up to be good people. They, they truly don't see color. We do. We do. But they don't. They don't because they grew up with a black president. They grew up with women being senators and governors and, and astronauts and corporate CEOs and TV hosts. And so, so their world is different. If everybody who was 50 and up didn't exist anymore, we'd probably get rid of 99% of our problems. And that's sad. So those of us who are over 40, over 50, we need to do what Chair Randall said. Do better. Be better than that. If you're failing in some area, if you're prone to negativity, if you're prone to grievances, whatever it is, do better, man. Do better. Be better. So at the end of the day, the kids are going to save us. And I'm excited for them. I'm excited. I, I, I look at some of my nieces' pictures on Instagram sometimes. They probably don't know that I do that. I stalk them quietly. Uh, but they're living. God, when I was their age, you know, graduating high school, going off to college, I was so serious. And I wish I could go back and talk to myself and say, don't be so serious. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah, I was in a sorority. Yeah, I, I had fun. But... They're living, they're free. They're unencumbered by the things that we worried about, that we stressed about, that they don't have those same burdens that we had, particularly for those of us who were people of color and women of color. They just don't carry it and good for them, good for them. So I just wanted to tell you this morning that there is good news in the land. The kids are gonna save us, they are. They're killing it, they're doing great. They're filled with love. They're filled with hope. They're like their grandparents, the baby boomers. I was teasing my mom, you know, the uh, millennials say, okay, boomer. You know, they kind of give their grandparents a hard way to go. Their parents, us, Gen Xers or aunts and uncles, we're the ones stuck in the middle between the amazing baby boomers who changed the world and the millennials who are going to change it again. We're that generation of transition. We're the generation that played by the rules. We didn't really have much go on when we were young people. We lived under relative peace and prosperity under the presidencies of Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush, 12 years of Republican presidents I grew up under. And, um, you know, it's just a different America. Um, families mostly intact, uh, latchkey kids, um, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Scooby-Doo, uh, you know, back to the future. We had pretty good life, good music, Star Wars, um, different world. We didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones. We had Walkman. We had, um, you know, phone lines. I remember when I got my first teen line and, and, you know, I thought that life couldn't get any better. I could talk to three of my friends at once. You could do breakthrough calls. God, am I that old? Listen, the kids are going to save us. Keep encouraging them parents keep loving them keep supporting them, and learn from them learn from the young people i had a great podcast with um Bowie city councilman roxy inimbadu i hope i said her name right i probably messed it up rocks but you should listen to that podcast she's a young woman under 30 elected she's amazing works at microsoft i learn a lot from her i learn a lot from the young women in my life and the young men and I, I'm excited for them. I'm, I'm going to eat my Wheaties so that when I'm in my 70s uh, and I'm looking at this world, uh, 
it's going to be a different, better place. And I'm excited about that. So uh, God bless you and God keep you on this morning and on this day and throughout the week until we get to Wednesday Wisdom. It's Monday Motivation here on the One America Podcast. And the kids are going to save us. Remember, you heard it here first. You guys have a great, amazing day on purpose now. Bye-bye.